Before you dive into this exciting episode, I'd like to let you know about the Squash Playbook, your tactical blueprint for success. The playbook is written based on the most common solutions I have given to the people I coach over the last 20 years. It is the ultimate how-to guide for any squash fan, and you can grab a free copy right away by visiting squashplaybook.com or clicking on the link in the show notes. Are you freaked out by that hard-hitting hacker? Frustrated with running out of ideas against the relentless retriever? Want to close out matches more clinically when in the lead? Or do you need some mental tools to overcome bad calls by referees? These answers plus many more have been brought together all in one place for the squash community. The Squash Playbook is a practical toolkit that breaks down over 40 scenarios that are most commonly faced on the court. Each scenario provides the psychology and the strategy needed to get a positive result. Each chapter wraps up with the top six key points to keep things simple and practical. The aim of the book is to transform reactive players into proactive tacticians. I focus on breaking down complex situations into straightforward, effective strategies for those high pressure moments in a match. So why not grab your copy now and step onto the court next time with a clear head and a set of strategies to win those matches you know you're capable of. Please enjoy the show. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online you'll experience the all-new Cerebral Way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. The number one selling product of its kind with over 20 years of research and innovation. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis, or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Welcome to your next installment of the Squash Mind podcast series. And I'm delighted to have Maxim Withers on the show today. So those involved in the squash world and that are interested in the subject of the mind, you might have come across Maxim's work before. Really notably and, and standing out in what he does is his work with Miguel Rodriguez. He was working with Miguel for about 10 years and eventually accumulated in Miguel winning the British Open. Obviously Miguel won it, but Maxim had a huge, huge part to play. So part of this chat, we go down that rabbit hole. We talk about what some of the tools and the strategies that Maxim brought to Miguel's game in regard to helping him with his mental state, in regard to helping him to achieve the British Open title. And there's just a bit of phenomenal conversation here. I've listened to this podcast a couple of times now and gone back and taken loads of notes. He's really well respected in the squash world and the squash mindset world. So to have him on the show is an absolute honor for me. Max Saboni doesn't work in the squash field. He is also a business coach. 
and the majority of his clients are business clients. So he shares some of his knowledge and how he brings this world into the sporting world and how as a youngster himself and a high level squash player making the Canadian junior team, Canadian junior national team, how he saw things probably quite differently to a lot of other people when he was playing and using inspiration from Tony Robbins and, you know, the corporate business world to be able to overlap that into sport, into squash, and then eventually make it his business. It's a real cool story where he comes from and where he's been and what he's now setting himself up to do. And he's based in Colombia at the moment. So this conversation, as always, takes these rabbit holes. I love going through these little errors with him. And in reflection with Maxim's chat, a lot of it was about visualization and visualizing success and seeing yourself being able to achieve ultimately what you want to achieve. I think when you listen to this podcast and if you listen to it a couple of times, you're going to extract so many little nuggets of wisdom, so many practical tools that Maxim puts across, that Maxim uses with his players as well as his business clients that I think you'll really get some deep knowledge about. We talk about things like the spillover effect. We discuss validation and what this is and how this can, you know, just add unnecessary pressure to people. He also sent me an interesting picture, a little experiment, which is this is an audio recording, so we don't have the visual of it. But um, for those interested, it's pretty easy to Google. And, and he's just talking about how our subconscious mind really latches onto things and really attaches things. So it's the stories we tell ourselves and the that inner voice, how powerful and how important it is. So please buckle in, please enjoy this chat. I'm sure Max and I are going to have a few more chats. He was very kind to offer up his very busy time and schedule, but it sounded like he was keen to do more. So I'm definitely going to take him up on that point. So please welcome Maxim Withers. Maxim, joining us all the way from Colombia. Thank you and welcome to the next episode of the Squash Mind podcast series. It's a real treat for me to be able to speak to you. I've been following your work for a number of years, uh, particularly with Miguel Rodriguez. I'm sure we'll dive into that. But how are you doing? How's everything going over there in Colombia at the moment? Yeah, it's good. I mean, we're, we're back on track. We're opening up. Um, I'm actually in Cartagena, which is on the north coast, or right on the Caribbean Ocean. Uh, you might hear some airplanes flying over. I'm, I'm quite close to the airport, but I'm also, the airport's actually right adjacent to the ocean, so okay. Southern Caribbean Ocean is my baby that I get to watch every day and every night when I go to sleep. Wow. So, That's amazing. Um, That's so cool. And uh, wow, you, you're, you're making me super jealous already, and I'm looking out into the cold English weather here, and, and you're, you're painting a picture of the Caribbean Ocean. Amazing, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I love it. I've been here 12 years now, uh, full-time. Um, I, I started actually in 2006. Uh, from Toronto. So I grew up in Toronto. And um, before that, I was based in Nassau in the Bahamas. Nice. It's funnily enough, we've been speaking to Joey uh, uh, from Squash TV. And his dad, Jonah and Jeff Hunt came to Nassau. Uh, I was just a little kid. And they did an exhibition at the squash club that I played at uh, and learned my squash. And they were staying at the owners of the house uh, of my friend uh, who, who built the club. And basically, you know, his, his dad was like, hey, this is the world squash champion and Jonah Barrington and Jeff Hunt. And we were like, hey, and then we went and jumped in the pool. <laughs> I didn't know who I did, who they were. Really? We didn't, have any, we didn't get a photo or anything. It was like, okay. And nice. Years later, I'm like, Joey, ask your dad if, um, if, if, uh, if, if, if he remembers going to Nassau and, and staying with the, uh, with the Parkers, the name of the family that built the club, okay. who were also from England. Yeah. What, what, was the small world. what was the answer? I'm, I'm sure Joe Jonas seemed like he had a great memory. I, I, what I, uh, <laughs> but he hasn't asked him yet because he's doing the tournaments right oh, now. Right. But, so it's yeah, right now, it's Canary Wharf right now. Yeah, uh, okay, he, well, he, he acknowledged getting, getting the question. He'll ask him. <laughs> I think I'm going to bump into Joe at the British Open in a couple of weeks. I'll, I'll actually give him a little prompt and reminder for you. So that'll be fun. But um, I think a great place to, to also kick off this conversation is um, for those who don't know you, again, I don't think that's many in the squash world, but would you be able to give a brief uh, introduction of yourself and, you know, how, how, you, how you got interested in the mental game? Yeah, so I grew up in Nassau. Um, I was literally adopted by my uncle who was British. Uh, he passed away last year, unfortunately. Uh, he, he's from London. And um, from the age of four to 14, I lived with him and my aunt, uh, my mother's eldest sister. And oddly enough, the neighbor that I was just speaking about uh, was, was the fellow that built our squash club in Nassau. Some of the people 
probably listening to your podcast, I've been there. It's called the Village Squash Club. Uh, three squash courts, um, you know, one glass back, and and that's that's where I learned my squash. At 14, I moved to Toronto and started playing squash with uh, with all the local juniors. Um, Tony uh, Tony Swift, who's another British uh, trans uh, trans coach, he was at the time the national coach, so I did some work with him. Got into the squash. Uh, fast forward a little bit. I won the Canadian Junior Championships under 18, and then basically quit school, went on the squash tour, went to London, Wembley, and trained with Jahangir and Ramit. I uh, signed a five-year coaching contract with Ramit. Obviously, never got to number one in the world. <laughs> and did, but so, you know, I was so in there with all the top wow. uh, players at the time. Wow. Uh, I was just learning and learning and learning. And so... Um, that whole experience, like just getting mixed in with with the top in the world, was was just amazing. I was I really felt blessed to have that uh, opportunity. And, and I, I I recall um you probably know Paul Carter. I think maybe a mutual friend. He was based quite in that area and was involved in that Wembley scene. And I know Wembley was a bit of the mecca for squash back in the the kind of eighties into the nineties, and and it was the place where everyone used to descend in that. So wow, that's so interesting. You're rubbing shoulders with 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 those um, guys in that era, and you know argument says that 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 was that obviously it was kind of the golden age of squash and stuff. So that's that's fantastic. And so on that journey, what um where were you at in regard to I suppose two questions, your own mental states and how you kind of thought about the mind and how that maybe then got you to transition into, into where you are today. Yeah. So that, that's an interesting question. And, and, and what happened as I look back now is uh, I started, I started getting a few tapes on, on mental approaches to the game, but it wasn't really for squash. It was actually really geared towards business and so there are a couple of coaches out there that uh, probably people know Tony, um, uh, Tony Robbins, and uh, and I had listened to some of his things before I won the Canadian Juniors. Now I wasn't sure if that had any effect on my results, but it did have um, some interest. And when I look back now, I, I can I can surely say that that you know those were some of the indications and rules that I used during my squash career early uh, as a junior going into the senior program. But I didn't use it all the time because nobody knew anything about it back then. You know, the National Squash Association in, in, uh, in Canada, we were doing very simple things back, you know, the tools back then, was, they didn't have a, a lot of information. Mm. So isometric isolation, um, listening to your, your headphones and, and music. Uh, mm. but that, that was about it. Okay. But, but then, you know, literally later on, I, I as I look back now, I, I realized that was that was a major uh, catapult. Mm. Um, what happened was when I came to Colombia, I came here for a tournament in 2006, Central American Caribbean Games, and uh, I met up with all the Colombian players, including uh, Miguel. And Miguel was pretty much winning all the tournaments. He was the national junior uh, champion, and and then I think they had just won in Rio. Mm-hmm. Um, for the team championships. And I asked him basically, um, hey, are you, you know, do you have a mental coach? And the reason I asked him that, because when I got here, I was thinking, hey, I, I'm going to, you know, if I'm going to move here, it's a, it's a nice location. It's out of the hurricane zone. It's out of the earthquake zone. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had a travel agency in Canada. So I was, gonna, I was thinking of, you know, bringing it to Cartagena. Cool. And so I didn't know what kind of business I was going to develop it. I thought, let's, let's see what, what happens in the next few years because you know Colombia has this uh, stigma and, and um, of the past and, and so forth but it was starting to uh, grow out of that and I got myself a business coach okay right so I got this business coach and his whole approach was all based on neuroscience so it's the science of, of how the mind works and he used that as a platform to build a multi-billion dollar company in fact he he took uh, he took a Remax Indiana from pretty much nothing got got the franchise there and then built it to a four and a half billion dollar company so I thought well Jesus this is you know this is obviously working he's he's done other stuff as well that people wouldn't know about Um, there was a company called bamboo.com that he took on the Nasdaq went from just him and two other guys took that public 
and uh, I think cash out at three point some billion dollars as well. Man, so boy. I thought if it's working for him, you know, let me see if I can pick up a little bit of something and see if I could figure that out in, yeah. in, in Colombia because yeah. I didn't have any contacts. I mm-hmm. didn't know anyone. I didn't have a clue what kind of, you know, structure I would use, methodology. <clears throat> and so, interestingly enough, it actually started working and I started getting, you know, fine-tuned to, to the business. Mm-hmm. And then uh, there was a tournament in Medellin and I, I, when I went there, I asked Miguel, hey, are you using anyone, you know, any kind of mindset um, coaching and uh, what kind of mental training? And he had no clue because... As you know, most of the squash players don't do it. In fact, most athletes don't get involved in this, right? So he said no. And I said, well, we, we try something. And so we, we made a plan. Every Sunday we'd meet on the phone uh, for you know, a couple hours. And uh, after that summer, he started winning tournaments again. At that time, he was about 36 in the world, Yeah, right? So then he started building up his wins, uh, won the Colombian Open, and then started moving up into the top 20s. And it just progressed from yeah. 2011 when I first moved uh, all the way to 2015 where he got to number four. Wow. <clears throat> so that's how I got it into the into this mental sort of squash. But it wasn't – I took all the mental training for business mm. and just transferred it into squash. Obviously, I still love squash. I don't play a lot anymore. Um, Maybe in the seniors, I'll, I'll play in Poland or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. But I still obviously love it. It's a passion of mine. I've been doing it since I was a kid, since I was yeah. nine or ten years old. Uh, but I just transferred the, the, the whole methodology from business mm. to, to squash and seemed yep. to work. So well, that, very, hey, that's, very that's, much so. It sounds like keep it going. Yeah, it sounds like a, a beautiful kind of narrative story. And thank you for taking us through that. Um, so couple of things popped to mind really quick as you were saying that the first thing those examples of Tony Robbins and the business tapes you might have listened to can it might be hard to but can you give specific examples of what you might maybe remember that you were like wow that's great for the business world and I'm putting it across to the squash world you might even use some of them now does anything come to mind when I ask that question yeah so Tony's big approach I think he there's a bunch of things he uses tools back then weren't as elaborate as they are today mainly because uh you know we can see into the brain now we can take live mris and and uh and video of all of these uh, activities but what he used back then was pretty basic stuff um we have uh sorry take it off here but we had you know he used simple ideas like goal setting right a lot of people still don't do that it's incredible how many people think that they can just build a building without you know making a plan right so written goals right was one accountability which is a big one and of course us being you know mental coaches uh it's 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 so important because it's i always use this analogy of uh, of a plane right of a flight good good time Good time with the planes. The yeah. <laughs> Special <laughs> effects, not required. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to pay for these effects. It's just happening. <laughs> so that flight had, had an origin, right, where we are now, and it required a destination where it's going to, just like a goal, right? It has to start somewhere, go somewhere. And then in between that flight, there's all sorts of things happening that can push it off course. There's wind pressure that can move the plane up and down. There's wind pressure that can move it from side to side. But one degree variation, right, during that flight path can end you up in a different destination, right? So, i.e., not your goal. And if you don't write it down, if you don't know where you're going, then it's going to be very difficult for you to get there. People will, some people will get there, mm-hmm. but it's the, it's the, you know, it's the other solution, which is trial and error which takes much longer is the you know the app that you developed that the, the uh, squash mind is amazing for this because it can keep someone accountable mm-hmm. day in day out week in week out like my coaching program is more one-on-one mm-hmm. um and w- you know we act as as basically the automatic pilot mm-hmm. you know you go off course here we get you back on course you go off course there we get you back on course 
I get everything moving towards that final goal, right? So that that's some of the some of the you know programs that that Tony used, um, the accountability, uh, goal setting, uh, planning, right? Orientation, communication, uh, how you speak to yourself, right? That internal dialogue we'll, we'll discuss a bit later. Uh, all of those things are very important. Um, and all of those things have to be used at the right time with the right amount of effort and the right structure. Otherwise, uh, people will try forever. Most of the people in, in, in sports and squash don't get where they want to get to because they don't have that, that base foundation, which is the mindset. Totally. So yeah, that's, that's, those, are, those are key components, you know. And uh, I, think, I think we're spearheading this, this whole idea in squash especially. Yeah, it's going to be important later on. Uh, yeah, like like you, I think I reflect with you in a way. It's so interesting. Some of the uh, the, the business books I read, and just uh, the, the connecting the dots. I'm like, oh my goodness, that's perfect for playing under pressure. Perfect for the accountability piece that you said. I think that's so big. Um, habit forming. Habit forming is something that I'm massive into, and that's what Squash Mind is trying to do with the daily insight, the daily check in. It's trying to get people to come back every day and gamify a little bit. So um, yeah, it's, it's, it's such an interesting territory and field. And even until quite recently, it sounds like you know. I think now what what I'm finding with the interviews with with athletes they they if they're working with a mental coach they wear it like a badge of honor maybe 20 years ago it was an embarrassment it was like oh i'm showing a weakness if i work with a mental coach but now I, i'm getting the sense that people just they they really really pride it um and and that was the second part of what was popping off in my head when you're explaining things um i'd be quite interested to drill in to your work with Miguel obviously there's confidentiality kind of things but as like a broad zoomed out perspective when you got hold of him and, and then when he started having all the success and, you know, then world number four, winning the British Open title, I remember watching that match like point for point, phenomenal final. Um, and he just, he didn't even do any disco time. He didn't dive. He was so focused. He was so on it. But what can you remember about getting Miguel to those next levels? What what struck you as, as his mindset that might have been missing and some of those little pieces you thought you might have brought together for him? Yeah, so with, with Miguel... Um, everyone has an interest, right? And we know from, from your work with habits that we will do things that, that we seem they're important to us, right? And I think you mentioned one of, your, your, one of the books that you read, Atomic Habits, which is amazing for, uh, for habit forming and habit creation and also releasing habits that you don't need in your life anymore. That's, that's another thing is a lot of people have barriers and they don't know why they can't get through a certain behavior is because they have developed these habits over the, depending how old you are. If you're 30 years old, you've had 30 years of creating either good habits, mm-hmm. habits that serve you or bad habits, habits that prevent you from reaching those goals. So with Miguel, um, when I first came to Columbia, I started getting Spanish lessons and this, this, uh, this coach approached me and he said, what are your interests? What do you like, you know, what do you like doing? What do you like talking about? What makes you, you know, excited. And he, he drilled that into me and he, he approached the Spanish lessons with that sort of uh, mentality, right? That methodology was, I thought, brilliant because that would get me excited to go, you know, take my classes. So I did that with Miguel said, what do you like to do? What do you love to do? You know, what are the things that that get you really excited? Um, And he loved cars, Mm. right? So we got into cars. I said, "Okay, let's. This is one of the tools that I that I use. Is, uh, let's 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 make a vision board." Okay. Because um, my business coach that I referred to earlier, he was big into vision boards, and so I said, "Let's let's make a vision board, and we'll we'll create this vision board just for the cars. Forget about the squash for now." And I said, "What kind of car do you have now? Origin, right? And what kind of car would you dream of having one day? Destination, mm-hmm. right?" And he said, "Well." I've got a Mazda right now. It's one of those small two-door Mazdas, and but I'd really love to get an Audi. Like that would be <laughs> like a dream car for me, right? So I said, "Great, let's let's start with that, right?" Then why do you want to have an Audi, right? Right? Well, you know, I love the sound, I love the, the speed, all of those all of those sort of features. Then why do we like anything, right? Why do we love to do anything or have anything, right? And I said, why do guys like watches, right? Why do they like cars, 
why do women like shoes and clothing, right? He started giving me some of his answers. I said, it's none of those things, right? It's basically, we love the feeling that yeah. those things give us. So, so I said, we have to connect your feeling of being in that car with having the experience of that car. Let's, okay, let's, let's, let's make this vision board. I need you to get a bunch of uh, pictures, uh, images of the dream car. So he sent me a bunch of pictures, right? I said, this is the one, right? This is the kind of car, this is the model. I said, great, now what else can we use, right? I said, have you gone down to the dealership? Go down to the dealership, get in the car, right? Go do a test drive, get a flyer or brochure or whatever. And when you get in the car, take some music with you. What kind of music do you like that really gets you excited, right? Nice. So he's, you know, so he's in this car. He's the, long story short, right? Within a year and a half, he's in a he's in that um, wow. an Audi uh, two seater. And I'm like, wow, you know, look at that, right? Exactly. Now he's now he's driving like he's getting custom built Porsches. Yes, I know. And uh, he's <laughs> buying them and reselling. Now here's here's the cool thing about this whole thing, right? Is that even though we use the same sort of approach for squash, right? There's going to be a life for him after squash. Mm-hmm. And he could actually turn this into a business, mm-hmm. buying imported cars, reselling them, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, at a profit, uh, which is fairly difficult in Colombia because especially with COVID just happening, yeah. um, it's hard to get cars in here unless okay. you do it in advance, right? Mm-hmm. So we use that as one of the techniques and methodologies um, love that yeah so that that's that's what we connected to and then and then we 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 use that in all of the squash goals right yeah right so that was part that was part parcel yeah. Okay. Thing. yeah um i'm gonna push you but can you be specific with those squash ones because that car one makes complete sense you're releasing the dopamine the association the 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 all those kind of things you're trying to get right does any squash one pop to mind that you worked on <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I can tell you what what happened in the British, uh, British 2018. That's that's the one he won. So his first match was against Rami, right? Rami Ashore. So former world champion, you know, probably one of the most talented players ever to pick up a squash racket, and he won that in in four. I think it was three. It was three one. It was it was in one of the smaller courts. So he gets off the court, right, and he sends me a message. I'm in Colombia and um, I've got a rental agency here. So I'm in Colombia and he's texting me. I'm checking out a group. So I was like, <laughs> he's in the middle of the match, right? And he goes, Max, I've got, I've got like butterflies in my stomach, you know. And I don't know what it is. It feels a, it's a very strange feeling. It's very, uh, I'm not sure if I'm sick or if I'm excited or, you know, what, what is it? And, and I said, well, we need to calm the stomach down. So breathing exercises, right? So we can do something called box breathing, right? Which is inhale, you can do between four and six seconds, inhale, hold, exhale, hold, and then you can just continue that. Um, when you do proper breath work, for example, like that, that actually cuts off the cortisol release from your brain into your blood, bloodstream. The cortisol obviously is what gets people into a state of fear right so we did that um i said listen go get some ginger or some some uh, some kind of tea that has ginger in it and that'll help calm the stomach next day perfect he was on track right he was in a state of calmness right and i think he i forget who he's playing maybe it was maybe it was uh ali is it ali or that match went great. He, he beat Ali in four, I think, in four as well. <clears throat> and there was there was a few there, there were a few uh, rallies where he started to get upset with the referee and started channeling out of that focus. And so we, you know, messaging back and forth. And I said, look, really, you need to stay calm, right? And don't let those things interfere. You know what to do. You've been there before. We've done all the work, right? So you need to stay calm. And you need to stay focused and don't get excited or <clears throat> have any, any second thoughts about the call. Stay focused on your game. And you'll be fine. So he, he won that. And then I think he played the German fella 
in the semis, so which was... I've got it up. <clears throat> we want to just run through it quick. So he beats uh, Rami in the first round. Um, yeah. Then he beats Mossad in the second Mossad. round. Yep. Right. Mossad. And, 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 Mossad, and Mossad was a very interesting yeah. uh, tactic because Mossad hits the ball a ton. Mm-hmm. Miguel can hit it a ton, but that wasn't the game plan for Mossad. Mossad mm-hmm. was very... Uh, is a, was, at, at that time, he was in the top 10 as well. Was, yeah. uh, remember... <clears throat> In 2018, Miguel had dropped to, I think, 13 in the world. Yeah. So all of these guys didn't, you know, this is, he was not on, on the radar at all, right? Yeah. And so... So then, then if you want to obviously continue, he, he beats Farag next round 3-1, which is, a, that's a great result. Like, I don't know, obviously getting past Farag, who was the two seed at that point, and then he plays Rafael in the, uh, in, in the semis. So that, that's... Yeah, the, yeah so, so, for, so Farag was... was a more in, intense approach because, you know, because he was ranked so high at the time. Um, so Miguel had to be totally in tune with all of his senses. At the same time, he was still getting all these funny sensations in his stomach. Um, then we went to the finals. And of course, that's where he had to stay focused. Mm. Right. And for him, winning the first game is important because people tried to, to fight off a fitness guru like like Miguel, mm-hmm. uh, knowing he's from you know Bogota, lives in the altitude, altitude training, a uh, lot of oxygen in the blood. Uh, you have to, you got to work your butt off to to beat a guy like that. I, I, I played him two or three times, and I've I've been on the receiving. And I think I, I beat him once when he was really young, and I think I just used a bit of experience. But I felt the receiving end of that Bogota fitness. I was like, dude, what are you doing, man? So yeah, <laughs> yeah. So so so. So in the final, I mean, it was a five-setter. I mean, it was so close. It was it was eleven nine in the fifth. But the the thing that I think got him over the edge was not just his his physical fitness. Obviously, that was a factor um, because Mohammed had to play catch up after losing the first game. Nobody expected Yale to win a game. That never mind never mind win the match. But because his mental fitness was so strong, um, he, it was able to push him through anything that Muhammad threw at him. So whether he was ahead or, be, you know, it was quite an up and down match. It was. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, and it, even at the end, he said, you know, it was, it was just it was his mental attitude. I, as soon as, as soon as you want it, you know, uh, he sent me a message. And, you know, if you watch the, the uh, trophy presentation, he said it, it was his mental game. But he, the message that he sent me, was that I stayed focused. I, there was no getting upset at all. The whole match, he didn't argue with the ref. He didn't allow any distractions. And I think that was the key there. He didn't allow any distractions. So he's moving to his goal mm-hmm. with blindfolds on, you know, on the side of, on the side. And so nothing was, uh, blinders, yeah. There was nothing was interfering with his trajectory. Amazing. Right. And because of that, well, there's a whole bunch of other things that happened as well. But he he actually used uh, as a as a reminder. <clears throat> mm-hmm. he actually, he actually used an image. I can't tell you what the image was okay. on his cell phone because yeah. you know we we're using our cell phones every day. We're picking it up, you know, 200, 230, uh, between one hundred and fifty and two hundred and thirty times a day. So the more you imprint that vision in your mind right of your final destination i call it a blanket image or a blanket vision board mm-hmm. or we use affirmations as well uh, if we use a blanket affirmation then you can get to the end result that you desire and not have to think about all the other steps that you that you want to take like for example you want to win the british open that's the british open right what's the feeling the excitement right the emotions you're going to feel at that moment mm-hmm. in order to have that all the other things have to fall in place mm-hmm. you have to be Ravi. you have to be Passad, you have to be ali right mm-hmm. all of those things have to have happened mm-hmm. right so you know what i what i when i explain you know what i do with business clients which is the majority of my clients um I tell them, like, basically, I trained your conscious mind to control or 
wire your subconscious mind into the habits and beliefs that you need mm. to create your reality or your goals. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's, that's, those are sort of the steps that we took. Um, mm. Then of course, when he was. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Heading to the airport, he had his trophy and stuff like that. We were ch- chatting back and forth. I was I was pretty much in tears. Like I was, oh, I was so so excited. Like it was. Amazing. That's I mean that's what we work for, right? I mean, so when you get a when you get a result like that, you're thinking, <clears throat> like it doesn't matter what happens for the rest of his career. Yeah. No one can take that no. away from him for literally eternity. It's it's like there. You know? It's it's etched in. Yeah, pewter, silver, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> also obviously being the first uh, South American to do it, breaking history, you know, and actually where he was at in his career at the time. You put that whole story together; it's, it's absolutely beautiful. So there's there's actually two strands we could go with here, Max. Um, yeah, you you are you are very um, what's the word? Uh, intriguing when you when you WhatsApp me earlier, you WhatsApp me a picture saying actually we might talk about this in a moment, so we could do that. And then the other route I was going to ask you about was that focus and concentration concentration piece where you know you said he needed or he said he needed to be focused and concentrated I'm I'm curious to explore some of your methods with that so which route do you want to take first um well yeah let's let's go let's if you can uh, pull up that that image that I sent now so um, for those that because because this is going out on audio but I will try and describe the image I've got it up here now and I will try put the video up to kind of help as well but yeah I pulled up a picture here can I describe the picture or not yeah, well, let me let me describe the picture. So, what's difficult for us, and after the COVID episode, and a lot of our training being online, is that you know we're doing all of this from a computer, right? So it's very hard to explain to people how powerful their minds really are, and we know that now about. 95 to 97 percent of all of our actions in a day is controlled by our subconscious mind the trick is learning how to control our subconscious mind uh, but we have to do it consciously in a very specific method now this image is 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 a black and white image it's actually a negative of a, of a girl holding holding a cell phone or a camera um the way i do that is i as i use this image and i if you can see the image there's three dots on her nose and the way this works is if you stare at her nose for about a minute or two minutes, right? Don't look at anything else. And then if you close your eyes tightly, mm-hmm. right? You can probably see the image in color. It's pretty amazing how powerful your mind is if you can get to that. Now, if you do it properly, close your eyes and look up to the ceiling and and tell me what you see oh, I, I can see the negative image of her i could actually kind of see her um yeah kind of when i look up especially i don't think i did it for long enough but i could yeah I had these flashes of like light and it kind of felt like her i could kind of see her hair and her outline a little bit um yeah i only looked at it for about 20 20 30 seconds when you were talking there but okay so so can you kind of unpack that for us then yeah so all right you can you can take that off now it's um yeah the key for guys like us is like you know coaches and trainers for for mental training is that we need we need to instill into our our students that the the brain is much more powerful 
than we ever imagined. It's the most powerful mechanism on the face of this earth, mm-hmm. right? We hardly really know how to use it. Yeah. Um, and everything that we learned 10 or 12, 15 years ago is either wrong or vaguely correct, mm-hmm. right? Because now we have all these machines that we can see into our brain. Now, the longer you hold that image visually, right? With our conscious mind, mm-hmm. right? The, the better the, the better and longer we'll be able to see the full image when right. we close our eyes because our eyes are not used um, for seeing right our eyes are basically allowing the light and shadows to enter our brain mm-hmm. right the vision or how our brain converts that image is in the back of our heads mm-hmm. right in our, in our visual cortex so that image was actually in there and set in there from beginning. Wow. Yeah. So we get we get like 90 to 95% of all our all of our senses through our visual sure. uh, imagery. Mm. And so but the point of that that exercise just to, just to show how powerful our brains are. That our brains we're, we're, we're using our brains to see the image not our eyes. Totally. Right? Well, well I, don't you, I don't know if you're aware of this, but only recently I, I got a guy called Andrew Huberman. I, I love his podcast. He's a neuroscientist at Stanford. He's a lecturer and he puts out his work and he's basically, he says, and says your, your eyes are a part of your brain. They, they literally are a part of your brain. They, they are just an extension of your brain. And I think what I'm hearing you say, you're kind of referring to that, but he goes, I'm doing a bad job of it. He really tells you why and it goes, you know what? It, we can't, we can't unassociate our eyes from our brain. It's literally the same thing. And, and I'm hearing you say that. Am I correct in that? Or, or what? yeah. So yeah, I, I, I know the nearest he's, he's fantastic by the way. So what he's saying is basically that, well, the, the visual, the visual nerve connects to the brain. And that that part of the brain in the back of the in the back of the skull is transfer transforming all of that information mm-hmm. that the that the eyes are seeing or allowing into that into that it's, it's basically it's a negative on the back of your brain mm-hmm. and then it's transferring all that information into what we uh, associate in our real world from experience so all the memories okay. right so yeah so that's I mean everything. Everything is connected, right? It is, it is. <laughs> Everything is connected. I, I, I talk. I talk a lot about yeah I'm, I'm hearing you i'm getting excited i'm getting all animated yeah i need to keep keep chilled um yeah the the, the spillover effect it's, it's a lesson i give in squash mind talk about everything we do goes into everything we do we're spilling over the whole time and i think you mentioned negative self-talk and you know what individually those little negative self-talks don't see much but the subconscious hears that latches onto it and starts building its own image and and i just love what you said about the subconscious mind of, of how much heavy lifting it does. It does so much heavy lifting. We don't even know what it's doing. So if our environment is not attuned the right way, if, if we're inputting that garbage, I wrote an article recently called garbage in garbage out the computer thing. Yeah. If you're inputting garbage, your, your, your voice, your environment, the people around you, what you're seeing, blah, blah, blah. Your subconscious is just picking up on that. And I think that's such a, a fascinating way. So hearing you say that gives me, gives me hope I'm on the right track a little bit as well. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's exactly right. I mean, <clears throat> our subconscious doesn't have a filter, really, mm. right? And up to age eight or nine, there is no there is no conscious mind. Literally, it's all intake, mm. right? We don't uh, we don't judge. We don't um, decide whether it's good or bad, right? It's all just being absorbed and filed away. Our, our brain does have a function which is called pruning. Right, and the pruning goes on when we don't use certain memories or ideas or beliefs. It just gets pruned away, uh, either stored in a, let's say, in a filing cabinet way in the back of our heads, mm-hmm. and we don't bring it forward to into our thinking daily routine. Right, but yes, when we when we and all of this subconscious behavior actually gets trans uh, transplanted um, in our early ages. So as a child, I mean, that's that's why it's so difficult for say psychiatrists to figure out uh, weird or negative or bad behavior right mm-hmm. so heavy criminals for example uh, it's, it's all being embedded uh, from childhood from the experiences that they saw whether they grew up so environment is very important and but if we if we put in uh, the right information then we can get out the right results right our, our brain is basically a a mechanism um, 
for the software, right? The software is what we're talking about now. Yeah. What we, the input, right? So our brain is the computer. The software is what we put in. And then our body acts as, as the machine to, to manifest that, mm. that, uh, that reality or those, those dreams, if you will. <laughs> yeah. that's, why, that's why with, with kids, it's really bad to like, tell them to stop daydreaming because when they're daydreaming, they're in, they're in that world where anything, anything is possible, right? Yeah, that's, like, a, that's, a, that's another thing that, that Miguel and I worked on that week. Just live, live in, the, in the realm of possibility. Nice. Right? That was a very key ongoing component. Um, because if you, if you, you know, if you're present in that possibility environment, that, that universe, if you will, then, you know, anything is possible. And there you had it. Love it. Wow, there we go, man. And yeah, you're speaking my language, kind of using computers and system software. I, I love it. Like nerd out on a bit of tech here. But um, I think I think what I'd like to do, Maxim, if that's cool, let, let's maybe drill into some more specifics around squash because I think a lot of listeners will be, will be kind of salivating hearing this. So maybe should we segue into the idea of, of that, that focus and concentration piece? And I think a question I, I, I would or had for you, which I'd like to hear your thoughts on is, do you have any tools or what tools do you have to help players with their focus and concentration? Yeah, so I'm a, I'm a big proponent on, you know, the idea of manifesting a goal, uh, especially in sports, is it, it happens before we ever step on court. So for any athlete, basically, right? If we can project in our minds what's going to happen, then that adds to all the confidence building that it's going to happen. So for, for example, one of the exercises I, I use is um, something we borrowed from golf, right? And it happened, I think, in the Masters tournament. So there was, I forget who the players were, but one of the players in college, he used to practice with his roommate putting on the green jacket. So the green jacket was like the trophy, one of the, you know, part of the trophy um, presentation ceremony. So if you won the Masters Golf Championships in, in Augusta, Georgia, then you got a green, you got this green jacket, which was the representation. So he had his roommate putting on this green jacket every Sunday that practice putting on this green jacket and he'd go through that feeling of trying it out and, and going in the mirror and looking at himself like uh. oddly enough, you know, years later after college, he went on the pro tour, he won the masters. Nice. So I said, listen, Miguel, let's Let's do it. Let's do the same thing. So I adapted it to squash, right? And I said, let's do the same thing. And what we did was we got, um, I'm letting all the secrets out of the bag now, but there's so much more <laughs> that we'll never fit it into, yeah. into this one hour. But I said, let's do it. Let's figure this out. So let's get you to make a, uh, a medal or trophy. Right. This we did this actually for the Pan American Games, mm-hmm. right in Guadalajara, and uh, so it was about September. The tournament was in November or December, three months apart, um, which is also another key factor. We'll get into that in a second. So I said, make a fake medal. It doesn't have to be fancy or you know, has, we don't have to Photoshop. It's just gold medal, Pan American Games. Put the date on. Da 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 da. Get a box. Put number one on it on the front, right? The podium, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Get your dad or mom or whoever to present you with this medal, right? Nice. Right? Put it on every Sunday and then play your national anthem. <laughs> yes, yes. So you got the audio, you got the visual, mm-hmm. right? You've got, the, you've got the feeling, you've got the medal around your neck. What happens? Three months later, wins the gold medal. Didn't lose a single game. Um, I mean, he beat everyone with that uh, mm. pretty convincingly. And um, so that approach, if you do it right, mm. right, taps into all your senses. Just like the car, it was really no different, right? It was just a different environment, different goal, different orientation. But the methodology is basically the same. Mm. Uh, I love that. And then, but you you have to get your mind in certain like brain wavelengths and so forth. Um, and, we, and we also know going back to the three month thing. I mean, when he asked me about this tournament, let's let's work on this tournament. 
But your brain needs about, I think it's like 56, 54 days to 90 days. Some, some need a little bit more for all these neural pathways to join and to, to create the, uh, the, the, the neurons to connect so that they form a belief pattern and that belief will instigate the habits and the actions, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. So we, we, we need that time to do it. Just, it, it, it doesn't happen right away, mm. but there's ways, there's ways to do it. We, we make, for example, lists, right? Um, I'm big on lists and using those lists. Like a lot of people will write lists of what they, what they want. Um, but to get that self-confidence, I mean, you can write a simple list of all your experiences that you've been successful in. Mm-hmm. right like i remember my coach my business coach saying, hey what, what was the uh, what was the first business that you ever made money in right so i'm thinking hmm mm-hmm. i'll have to go back quite a ways and i grew i grew up in nassau in the bahamas um, which is amazing and i thought we had these um these fruit these little plums that we used to it, it only bloomed for like a week Okay. Or, two, or two weeks during the year, right? But everyone loved them. Everyone loved these fruit. Um, and that's what, I, that's what I remember. So I'd pack a bag, uh, a grocery bag of these, these plums called scarlet plums, people in the Bahamas that, 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 uh, that know about this. And I took a box of baggies and I'd sell them at lunchtime. Yeah, and I, you know, talking about being like 11, 12 years old, and I'm thinking, uh, it was, you know, I made 20 bucks a day. For me, that was like heaven, you know. <laughs> that was good money for me back then, right, as a kid. And uh, <clears throat> so I thought, this, this, is, this is quite interesting, you know, how, how we can think of these things and bring them into fruition mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Just, by, just by using our imagination. It's phenomenal, right. isn't it? And and like I like what you said earlier because this is where where I the psychology I learned or had a sports psychology back when I was playing, like I think you said it perfectly. It, some of it might have been right, but it was all a little bit kind of like a blind man in a dark room trying to reach for the light switch. It was like some might spill into the right areas, but now with the brain scanning technology and what the parts of the brain that are waking up, the hippocampus, the amygdala, we, we see all those connections happening. And you know, visualizations is a huge thing in squash mind, and, and what you're saying really starts to reflect it. But I also like the layers you put in about the physical and the kind of the, the auditory senses, I think are, are super important. So uh, thank you for sharing that. That's really interesting. So on, on a, another squash specific topic, um, when you work with players, or again, I'm sure this happens in business, but maybe squash is a good lens to look through. When players suffer with those really debilitating nerves before and even during matches, have you got any suggestions? How do you help players cope with those nerves? Yeah, so the, the coping mechanism is basically similar to the to the airline analogy, right? <clears throat> so if the brain doesn't have an idea of what's going to happen, right, it then it then creates a little bit of um, flux, right? So basically, when when something's happening on court and you don't have a solution for it, it's your brain saying, "I'm looking through all of your files, memory files." Right, and I don't see a solution for this. Right, so it's just basically going in circles. What's happening at that point is that <clears throat> the brain is eating up the nutrition. Right, all the nutrition that's in your brain, it's getting consumed until the frustration is so high that the brain says, uh, and you'll see this in a lot of matches, uh, well, a few matches last year um, and a few years ago. Uh, do you remember that match with Ali and Mormon? And at the end of the match, Ali's uh, hand was cramping. Oh, yeah. Do you remember that match? Yeah, 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 yeah. It was really weird, wasn't so, it? So, it was so, it was so weird because, I mean, he looked like the claw, right, from <laughs> the Jim Carrey movie. Normally does because sometimes he's got quite a, a movement in his hand, so it was a little bit more defined. <laughs> yeah. But, but and there was another match a few years ago where Miguel was playing um, – uh, Max Lee, mm-hmm. right? And they went five, and by the end of it, like Max couldn't even walk; his legs yeah, were just. So I, I keep I keep explaining to 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 players like, what's happening is not it's not that this you know the hand is cramping so much. It's cramping, yes, obviously, on a physical level, but it's because the brain that controls signals going to the muscles 
uh, don't have the proper nutrients, right? So there's a lot of brain nutrition that, that happens. But that has to happen first. But in order, in order for you to not get involved or create some coping mechanisms, you can do the breathing exercises. You have to develop the self-confidence, which comes from a lot comes from the training, but you've got to see yourself using those other you know, techniques. Um, see yourself in the position where you have a solution. Now, we don't have to know all of the hows, but we do have to know all of the whys. Mm-hmm. And not, not W-I-S-E, but W-H-Y. Mm-hmm. So the why you know, will drive you through anything. Right? Mm-hmm. When you have that ability to do it for a true purpose, like I love doing it. I could get on a coaching call with anybody yourself or any of my clients, right? And go for hours. Like with Miguel was, we used to do like two or three hours in the afternoon <laughs> on uh, Sundays. Right? I didn't think anything of it. Um, and I, I remember one, one year he was coming back. He was going through some, some situations and he was coming back from uh, Hong Kong or Shanghai and he was in San Francisco and um I was here in Cartagena. It was midnight. <laughs> By the time we got off the call, it was like three o'clock in the morning. Wow. Like I didn't even realize how the time. But it was so, your passion, it's your why, as you said, isn't it? Yeah. So if you have that why, like why are you doing this? Why are you going on the court? Why are you training so hard? Right? That'll overcome all the other situations or excuses that your mind can make up. If you don't have that coping mechanism, um, you know, firmly in your head. Mm-hmm. then you're going to get distracted and those distractions are going to knock you off off your off your focus Amazing. but in, in the middle of the game it's very difficult because again if you don't train your subconscious to cope or react in a specific manner then it's going to it's going to go to that no man's land place it's going to go to that place where it doesn't have a solution and that's where the frustration comes in that's where the the Cortisol gets uh, gets released. Mm-hmm. And that's where the fight or flight, and there's another one which is faint. Mm-hmm. In this case, the pharynx uh, yes. <laughs> claw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, you'll, yeah. you'll just stop, and that's what and that's what's happening to the to, the body is saying you need to rest, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Take a break, sit down, either stop playing, or just you know just implode basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, with, with the cramps yeah. so uh, that's what's physically happening um, and that's what's happening in the brain uh, so I think I think the, the key phrase really for this as a takeaway would be uh, it's all about prevention so prevent yourself from getting to that situation where you're having to be you know in a position where you don't have a solution mm-hmm. right create that solution in, in your mind that'll help you with the coping uh, in the first place Right. Um, thank, thank, thank you for sharing those nuggets of wisdom really powerful and i think again i do want to respect your time you, you've been very kind with i'm you. good i'm good perfect I've, I've got um one one more question i think i would like to kind of dig in with you here if that's okay i think it all maybe ties this really nicely together and something i'm, I'm trying to work closely with my players on maybe it's linked to nerves and anxiety maybe it's linked to confidence and self-belief even focus so the, the question i ask is is you know, I think it's, it's so easy for us to compare ourselves with others, look for validation in what we do, looking at the rankings. And, you know, it's so much of this external white noise coming into us. So have you got any ideas or suggestions of how do you help athletes understand that this may not be a healthy way or healthy lens to look through, that, that, that comparison with others, that validation from outside influences? What comes to mind when I ask that? Yeah, so a few things. Um... There was a study a few years back with uh, people that liked perfumes, right? So they were the, you know, the big names, Chanel, uh, Gila Roche, the big, uh, you know, Tommy Hilfiger. Um, and they, what they found was that people that like brand name perfumes wanted to associate themselves with that brand as their persona. Okay. Right, which which meant basically they didn't want to be themselves. They wanted to be like that person or someone else who was using that product. I mean, that's that's what influencers do on on you know on uh, social media these days. 
and they make a good living doing that because they understand a little bit about how you know how the mind works so and there's and there's two ways of of looking at that because it's again it's it all starts in your childhood right and uh you know there's two two ways of parenting basically one one way is the, the approach is basically um you know kids that have little uh money or opportunities right they get left alone to figure things out for themselves mm-hmm. whereas kids with some means um financial assistance uh, and opportunities they get things done for them so they expect those things to happen right so which which one you know which environment did you grow up grow up in mm-hmm. will lead you to become the kind of person that uh, that you end up uh, being as an adult mm-hmm. right but luckily we know also that um you know we have neurogenesis and we have neuroplasticity which means we can change all those habits in any three month to one year or two year plan for example i came here with nothing like literally nothing my mother um went to canada with a hundred bucks in her pocket you know became a real estate agent did fairly well uh but you know if you take someone out of there we call it we call it our business financial thermostat right if you take them out of their thermostat their environment that they're comfortable with that they know they can get out of and then get back to because that's just their normality it's what you figure out as your normality right and i came here with nothing but i got coaching i got information you go to a squash coach to get something that you don't know yourself right whether it's information drills um a fitness uh a person uh, coach right nutritionist etc etc um but with the mental the mental aspect of it it's it's becoming as as we talked about earlier it's becoming so much more important now because we know that the results is really what we're after mm-hmm. right and the results happen through all of these mechanisms mm-hmm. now for 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 coping um and that that sort of thing it's it's very important that that we that we learn how the brain works so that we can figure out all the steps that we take Mm-hmm. Um, and then put them into the proper processing so that we can actually get get the results that we're looking for yeah that's really what it's all about at the end of the day you know a, a student doesn't care about you or me or anything we have to talk about they want to they want a result yeah. and that's what and that's what they're paying for <laughs> yeah, yeah. Totally. so hopefully that's that's uh that's what we're here to share yeah Fig- um, yeah maxim well, this this for me has been such a deep dive i've sat here probably the, the quietest i've been on on a podcast because i've just been absorbing all this information so and you've been so generous with with the information those nuggets of wisdom i'm really looking forward to going back at this and picking out the bits and micro and cutting it up into into little key bits of concept uh, content but I, I think maybe a very nice place to leave it and, and again i've heard some really strong messages from you would you have a, a final message for 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 anyone listening at the moment what i know it's hard to drill it down to one but you know I'm, I'm hearing that you know the the, the images and our self-belief systems and, and how we look at the world are really strong for you setting your goals and your your, your de- origin and your destination but but any final thoughts from you that you would like to leave the listeners with listen you know in, in Colombia in 2020 we had an almost six-month lockdown right uh, it was a pretty high-level military lockdown it was from March until September 1st right uh, we couldn't go out unless we were out on the days based on our on our social ID. Uh, if we were caught outside, they would either lock us up in jail or it was like a month a month's salary of uh, fines. Um, so I did a lot of reading. I read about five hundred and thirteen books or something. It was it was crazy, but all the shops were locked down. Okay, there was no flights in or out of the city. It's complete military style that level. And so I think, I think the thing to do, right, for anyone that's listening is to educate themselves. Now, watching your podcast is one of those tools, right? If you don't have the information, and most of us don't, right? And even when we do, by human nature, we're always striving to improve ourselves, right? But it's, it's finding these little, these little tools that, that, that will 
you know, that will click in our minds. Um, but one, one of my, one of the first mentors that I worked with uh, just recently passed away um, a few weeks ago. Uh, he always used to say, you're either growing or you're dying, right? You're either moving towards your goal, right? To have that experience or you're moving away from it, right? So if you're not taking a step every day towards that goal, you're, st- you're taking a step away from, you know, manifesting that goal. Mm. So every day, it doesn't have to be a big step, but it has to be progress, right? I think the progress is the key word. You're either moving towards or moving away from, right? You make your decision and uh, you live with a result. Mm-hmm. The results are subconscious, mm-hmm. right? It's either moving you towards something that's going to increase the quality of your life, whether it's emotional or physical or whatever, or it's going to go the other way. Mm-hmm. But you have a you have a choice. Yeah, you have a choice. <laughs> yeah. And wow, so it sounds yeah, your your choice with a six month lockdown. Yeah, you could probably choose to be angry, cross, upset with the world, get on social media and tell everyone how angry you are, or you can turn the mirror inward and and, and better yourself in a way. And it sounds like you did an amazing job with it. Um, Maxim, yeah, you've been an absolute treat today. I'm just very last thing, where can people find you? Where if people want to search you out, where's their best places to look for you? Yeah, um, I've got a few pages on Facebook, so you can search on the Maxim Mentor or uh, World Squash. Um, uh, mental training, in, uh, training intro. I can send you the links, and you can yeah, you can plug them in your in the show notes. Yeah, yeah. Maxim Mentor. Maxim Mentor is the is, probably is best the, on our uh, Maxim, listen, have a fantastic rest of your day. I thank you for fitting me into your busy schedule. You sound a busy, popular man at the moment, rightly so, with all your knowledge and your wisdom you're passing on. And thank you for being on this episode of the podcast. I really appreciate it. Jesse, it was my pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. Um, I hope your listeners get something out of it. Even if it's just one nugget, you know, moves them closer to their goals. And um, you're doing a good job there with your with your your app and your podcast. Uh, uh, we can only all grow from stuff like this. So congratulations to you as well. Well, thank you so much. We'll speak to you soon, hopefully. Okay. Cheers, mate. Presence. Process. Persistence. The essence of Squash Mind.